know our hearts go out to all of those who have lost loved ones. Certainly, our brother Brian Brown is, leaves a big hole, as has been said, in a lot of hearts and in uh, a particular pew or two and with a group of very special friends that were especially close. And uh, I appreciate, Rusty, you leading our songs today and next week, brother. I asked Rusty, would that be okay? Are you wanting me to find someone else after just losing your mom? And he said, no, my mother loved it when I led singing. And so I know that that's a tribute to her. I get that because just a couple of weeks ago, it was 47 years since my mother passed away when I was 17. And I've had many people who know me back then and knew her say just how proud she is and would be to be able to see me lead in worship, just like your mother is proud of you today. I get that. I get that. And that's what we want. That's what we want for our children and for our grandchildren. We want that for them. We want their loved ones to see them active, serving, leading in the Lord's church. I love the way John, the apostle whom Jesus loved, puts it in Third John. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And that is absolutely true. And that's why we're having this wonderful seminar next month, October 23rd and 24th, Defending the Truth. I hope that you will pick up some of the brochures. We have a thousand printed. We have a thousand more coming. We have several hundred of the publications, House to House and Heart to Heart, that are available for you to share and give away. Uh, That also has information about our church and about this seminar coming up. Uh, We have Facebook ads and Instagram ads, social media ads starting up in the next week or so. Uh, We're even going to have a few billboards in town, electronic billboards, that will have some information about this wonderful event. Um, We've done a lot of work. We've sent out letters and brochures to area churches, and we are excited uh, about this because there is no more timely message than this one. Uh, for our culture, for our members, and for our families. And so I hope that you will be here and be a part of that. Uh, We have several other things that are going on, as was mentioned, the uh, dinner this coming Sunday night with uh, our hermanos y hermanas at the Iglesia de Cristo. Uh, We're looking forward to seeing them again and to spending some time in table fellowship with them. Uh, We have uh, some sign-up sheets out in the foyer, including a sign-up sheet for small groups. Many of you are in a small group, many of you are not. And if you're not and would like to be, then I hope that you'll sign that list, and we will put those groups together uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Uh, We have Caring Kitchen tomorrow that West Irwin is putting on at 5 p.m. You can be up here and help get that set up and uh, serve at 6 and be gone at 7. That's a great, great blessing for our community in our uh, neighborhood that our church does. We hope that you will be spreading the word about all these things and participating um, as well. Uh, it is, uh, it's always a blessing to be reminded of how much our church family does in service of others. Probably a little bit more joyful for me personally than to be reminded in public of when I get 
a date wrong. <clears throat> but see, Sean Stamps and I have such a great relationship that he can get away with that. Not all of you can, uh, but Stamps can. And it's not even my most embarrassing moment. Not even in the top 10. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's plenty more of those. Um, and every once in a while, the Lord does things to remind you of your humility. And I like that. I think he smiles at that. We want all of our babies to be led by their maker. As I thought about this day and our blessing of our newborn babies and our desire to help and to serve these families, I thought there's, there's a chapter that kept coming to my mind out of the Bible, Psalm 139. Because it's a chapter that speaks about the glory of God and the power of God and the blessing of God, the creative ability of God and the presence of God. So as we begin today, we want all our babies to be led by their maker. That's what we want more than anything. And this psalm, Psalm 139, reminds us of that. And it calls us to do that. And so I want to share this psalm and we'll read through it as we go and look at parts of what this message is in this wonderful psalm, the 139th psalm. Um, If you have ever read uh, those great words, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, Lots of great songs about that. That scripture is in Psalm 139. So a few things about this psalm and about the God who leads us. First of all, let's look at the psalm's setting. The psalm's setting, and we don't read about that at the very beginning, but we read about it a little bit later in the chapter. The psalm's setting is found in Psalm 139, beginning at verse 19. If only you, God, would slay the wicked, away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. We work through a lot of the psalm until we come to what's going on in the psalmist's life. And and that's what this passage says. This psalmist was having a very, very hard and difficult time. There were people that were enemies of the Lord, that were enemies of this psalmist and were making his life miserable. And he spoke out very honestly about what was around him. And there's a word that we'll attach with each of these sections. And the word for the psalm setting is this, evil. Evil. Just as there is evil in our world today, there was evil in the world of the psalmist. And he did not hide from it. He did not deny it. He did not try to explain it. He simply acknowledged it and he prayed about it. The psalm setting, I believe, is an acknowledgement that there is evil in this world. There was evil in the world of this psalmist. With each of these, you'll see several passages on your outlines that, that also affirm this same topic in each point. And I can't help but think of that great verse in John 16, 33, 
when Jesus says clearly, in the world you will have trouble. You will have trouble in the world. But then he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. There's no denying that there is evil in this world, and there's no denying that sometimes that evil brings us trouble in this world. And that's the setting, I believe, for this psalm, where the psalmist reassures himself and us about the powerful presence of Jehovah God. Secondly, today, this psalm speaks of the God who knows us the God who knows us. And whereas this may make some people a little nervous and frightened, for the psalmist, it was great assurance. And it's great assurance for us as well. Psalm 139, the first six verses. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. The psalmist speaks of the God who knows us. And the technical term for that is omniscience. Omniscience. All knowledge. All knowledge belongs to God. Not just all knowledge about the world in general, all knowledge about you. (laughs) Anybody else a little nervous about that? When the psalmist says, before I even speak a word, you know what's about to come out of my mouth. Whoops, uh uh-oh. And yet he does. But you see, for the psalmist, that was a good thing. It didn't mean that every word he spoke was good. We may have some indication of that in this very psalm. But we do know that his trust was fully in the Lord who knows him. You have searched me, Lord. You know me. You are clearer about me, inside and out. In Genesis 3, when God confronted Adam and Eve about their sin, he knew everything that had happened and everything that was going on. And yet he took the time to help them confront their sin by asking questions. Revelation 2 through 3, as Jesus writes those letters to the seven churches of Asia, in every single one of them, he says, I know, I know, I know you, I know your strengths, I know your failings, I know everything about you. And I care about you. The God who knows us is omniscient. He knows everything about us. And in the midst of all of that, he gave his son for us. Third, today, this psalm speaks of the God who is with us. The God who is with us. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. 
the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Our Lord is the God who is with us. And this word is omnipresence. We speak of the omnipresence of God, that he is everywhere, that there's not a place in this world where God is not. And again, for the psalmist, that was good news. He asked, where can I run and hide from you, Lord? (laughs) Where can I run from your spirit and you not be able to find me? You not be able to see me? And the answer is nowhere. Everywhere I go, you are there. Whether it's light or dark, you see clearly whether I'm doing good or not. You are there. This is the God who is with us, the God who is omnipresent. We just sang a song that's taken directly from the 125th Psalm, Psalm 125. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. never leaving them, always with them. Jesus, as he gave us the great commission in Matthew 28, ended it with this, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Paul sees this in that great ending in Romans chapter 8 when he says, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If we want to be with him, if we want to be there by him, he will be with us. We get that. The God who is with us. Next is the God who made us. The God who made us. Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, verse 14. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. This is praise to the God who made us, who is omnipotent. And the psalmist here praises God for his omnipotence. He is all powerful, just like he is all knowing. He is all present. He is all powerful. And this chapter affirms what we've already read in the Old Testament. In Genesis, the very first words, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we read about that great story in Genesis 1 and 2. We hear it affirmed in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was active in creation. And then the Word became flesh, human, and lived for a while among us. And that word, that Jesus Christ, that Son of God is very much creator. And Paul affirms that in Colossians 1 and 2. 
As we look at our society and our culture today, we see the sanctity of life disregarded, disrespected, as if it's no big deal. And perhaps, Wade, you're right, perhaps we owe it all to Mr. Darwin years and years ago. But there's a, there's a culture that says this world is about me. And I'm the center of the universe. And really what I need to consider is what is best for me. And everything in creation tells us that there is a creator. There is a designer. There is a Lord. And that's what our seminar is going to be all about. And that's what Wade shared. And that's what Sean shared. And that's what scripture shares. And that starts at conception. And scripture, I believe, is is clear about that. And as we consider the disregard for human life starting at conception in our culture today, in many places, not all, In fact, the majority of Americans don't go along with abortion on demand at all stages of pregnancy. Far from it, in fact, although you may not think that by what you hear on TV or see online. But scripture is is clear about that. And as we consider the plight of, of incredible, brave young women who now face a a horrible choice to have a baby that they did not expect or to disregard the sanctity of life and have it killed in the womb. Our hearts go out to them and we pray for them and we want to be there for them. Wonderful ministries like Christian Homes and Family family Services helps. Other places here in town help. Our church is here to help. As we look at these scriptures that are on your list, we see very clearly that that life begins in the womb. We see people like Isaiah and Jeremiah who affirm, God, you called me from my mother's womb to preach your message. But it's no clearer than in Luke chapter 1, when the mother of Jesus, Mary, visits her relative, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And in that wonderful interaction in Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth says, "Why? how can I be so honored that the mother of my Lord would come to me? And I'm sure the look on Mary's face was like, "What? wait, what? How do you know this? What are you talking about? And she said, when the sound of your voice reached me, the baby in my womb jumped for joy, knowing that the one who would be the Savior, the one who would be the Lord of all, had come into his presence. You can't tell me that John wasn't very much alive when he did that. You can't tell me that Jesus wasn't very much alive when Mary walked in that door. Children are a blessing, and I'm so glad our church acknowledges that and and is active in supporting that. And those words are right that Sean shared. We should live and pray, and worship, and serve with the heart of a child. Finally today, the God who leads us. 
Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Are you brave enough to do that? Let me ask it a different way. Are you humble enough to do that? You see, everything we've talked about before is about God. Now it's about us. Now it's about the psalmist. And it's not one of those omni words anymore, but rather the word is humility. Humility. When we approach our great God, we approach him with humility. And when we do that, acknowledging our humanness, acknowledging our sinfulness, we can pray this prayer. We can say these words. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Because we've already affirmed that God already knows that. He knows us inside and out. He's known that since we were in our mother's womb, being knit together there. He's known everything about us and knows everything about us. And so the psalmist very gladly, very joyfully very humbly says, search me, O God. Look through every cell of my being. Look through every thought in my brain, every feeling in my heart. Know me, O creator, O God. And work on me. Whatever is in there that shouldn't be in there, help me to get rid of it. Whatever is not there that needs to be there, help me to put it there. Lead me in the way everlasting. This is the God who leads us and he does that through his wonderful, marvelous word. He's given us his Holy Spirit to give us comfort and strength and he's given us his word to show us his will. The God who leads us, is the God who made us, he is the God who is with us, and he is the God who knows us. And so as we close today, we close with this great quote from another great psalm, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. And so did this psalmist, and so do we. This morning, if we can help you declare the glory of God through your life, we're here to help each other come as we stand, sing our song together. Sweet.